in China podcast, where a British and an American girl satisfy all your curiosity and questions about what it's like to live in China today. And now your hosts, Holly and Nora. Hey, everybody! Hello, and we're back. We are back for another episode of the Two White Chicks in China. Thanks for listening again. <laughs> this is episode seventy-five. Yeah. So I'm gonna jump straight in with some comments.、Uh, so hopefully you all listened to episode seventy, and that question came from Bob, China Bob. <laughs> um, and basically, his question was all about、um, basically what did we count ourselves as? What did we call ourselves?、Uh. Um, did we say we were immigrants or visitors? So he left us a nice lengthy response, as as always. Thanks, Bob. So、uh, I'm gonna read it to you. So he says,、um, "Thanks for your great answers, China Vortex. Great." <laughs> It's nice to know how other people、uh, think about this. Yes, I am an immigrant for sure. Permanent resident card and all, joint property too. Having said all that, I have not yet taken the step to give up my U.S. passport. I think I will one day, just because there is really no point to keep it anymore. I was really surprised by this. Like I, I always felt like to most, like to a lot of Americans, that would be like a massive deal. But I don't, I don't know. I think it would be a massive deal, but. I've heard more and more Americans considering this,、um, not necessarily as a political statement, but rather because,、um, as business people around the world nowadays, we're really discriminated against in terms of opportunities, of especially in banking and.、Um, uh, opening of companies, because basically the U.S. government requires. Those banks who have、um, American citizens as their members to submit a bunch of documents, and they just make it really troublesome for the bank. So the banks、um, then turn that on to the individuals, saying,、right. "Well, because it takes us this many more man hours、mm-hmm. to handle your account, we need to charge you this and this," or they just refuse to take you at all. Yeah. So the government's really not doing a good job to help、mm. facilitate the spread of American business abroad, which yeah, is really a, a shame.、Problem. Like in Hong Kong, it used to be much easier to open a bank account for Americans, but now in recent years, it's it's very difficult. You、yeah. have to jump through a lot of hoops, and you have to have quite a bit of money up front. Before、mm. it was only like ten thousand Hong Kong dollars,、yeah. which is something like a thousand bucks. Um, a little over, but it's a reasonable amount. But now it's—I've heard—they won't even touch you unless you have like half a million、huh. Hong Kong dollars. We've all got that, like that. <laughs> under the mattress. I'm、we? sure that there. Are, I mean, I'm sure that there are exceptions. But the point is,、mm. people are using that as a reason. Because if you don't plan to go back to the U.S., plus I think it's the U.S. that's the only country where. Even if you live abroad, you still have to pay taxes back、mm. to the U.S. Yeah. So you have to pay taxes in the country that you live, and you have to pay taxes back home.、Mm. So I don't think I think most countries you don't have to do that. Yeah, I think it's we. You have to be out of the country for a certain amount of days, I think. But obviously, I fit that description. So.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, some people are saying, "Screw this!"、Mm-hmm. You know,、uh, I'm a citizen of the world, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
I don't, you know, I don't, I don't want to, because some people just come and then they're not actually interested in going back. So what's the point of paying and mm -hmm. dealing with all the hassle? But I wonder if that means he's going to go for a Chinese passport. Mm -hmm. I, I suppose. I mean, because I'm pretty sure when you, to. when you get a passport, especially as an adult, you have to swear allegiance to the country, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I guess. So they might put him in. Because he's a helicopter pilot, <laughs> they might put him in the in this in the military. Oh, oh, I never thought about that. But I mean, I mean, it's unlikely anyway. But um, yeah, I think you would have to swear allegiance to to your new motherland, <laughs> newfound motherland. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so Bob continues, and he says. Uh, I know you feel, uh, but after being here as long as I have, I'm often tempted to say when asked that I am from China. But when I have, of course, I get lots of weird looks from everyone. This especially happens when I'm in the States, because I really don't know what to say. My folks moved from Long Island, when I original, uh, where I originally thought uh, was home, to Connecticut, where I later thought was home to Florida after I left, and I would never think of that place as home. So home isn't home anymore. Strangers are living in my old house now. <laughs> yeah. mm. uh, occasionally here, as I did just last week, I will hear someone point me out as a, a Laowai, and often mm -hmm. I will make a show of looking around myself and then say back to the, pe the person, Meowa, <laughs> <laughs> that'll get shocked stares and then usually a smile at the joke. Oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when uh, you were talking about where your child will identify as being from Nora, it made me think of my own son. He was born here, but has an American passport. His looks can go either way. Some people assume he is Chinese, while others assume he is a foreigner. Uh, and obviously he has a Chinese mom and an American dad, but for some reason he identifies himself as an American. Even though he's never spent more than two weeks there in any given year, and has um, has not even gone back on a yearly basis. He's not even planning to go there for college. I think my mm. period of phase three, which is a period of negativity foreigners go through during their the adaptation process to their new homes, uh, time rubbed off, off negatively on him, and for this I feel sorry. Uh, I no longer feel like the States is my home, uh, but this place, even after so many years, doesn't always feel like it either. Uh, there are many times when I just feel lost. Mm. Uh, anyway, thanks again for your, the great answers, both of you. Yeah, well, lost is uh, an interesting, I mean, kind of, obviously I haven't been here for anywhere near as many years as Bob, but I, I do get that, like, mm -hmm. that feeling of being a bit lost. I doubt that his son identifies as an American because of the attitude that Bob had. I doubt it, yeah. Um, I think that's a really common, you meet a lot of people here who you ask them where they're from and they're obviously born in China because mm -hmm. they have really thick accents in English if they're speaking to you in English and they'll say I'm from Toronto or <laughs> you know I'm from Chicago and you're like no no yeah. no you're not and maybe they lived there for a few years but suddenly they're saying that they're from there so I think that's kind of a maybe a way for them to distinguish themselves in yeah. this environment because I guess his son lives here most of the time so he's probably looking for a way to feel special or unique mm -hmm. So yeah, I don't. I doubt it. It's Bob's influence that made him do that. I think the society is like that because I've met quite a few, especially like teenage Chinese students who go abroad for maybe 
two years or something, and then suddenly you ask them where they're from, and they say they're from, mm. <laughs> they're from there, which seems like crazy to me because I wouldn't say I'm from China. No. Yeah, but but and the thing is, with like to say where you were from, like um, Bob says he sometimes he's tempted to say he's from China, but he would never say I'm Chinese. So it's like it's it's kind right. of because I, I would always say oh, I'm from from the UK, but I don't know. It's... Even if you held a Chinese passport, would you say I'm Chinese? Well, you couldn't. Could how can you can't surely. I think just maybe because the concept of America is different because it is made up of immigrants that maybe it's a looser context. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. But um, anyway, if you want to hear more about what we what we thought about that particular topic, you can listen to that show that's at writtenchinese.com slash episode 70. Yeah. And we talk uh, at length about that mm-hmm. issue. This um, this topic actually got quite a bit of interest. So we also had a message uh, on the same uh, topic from Shannon. And um, so she said, uh, love this discussion and your show in general. I've been in China, uh, Shanghai for four years and uh, just nod my head to most of what you share. <laughs> I don't consider myself an immigrant because I always considered this as a temporary move. Uh, yet not a visitor either. This is my home for now. I think that's where the term expat comes in, which is the one I use. But I've heard some very interesting discussions about the socio-economic disparity of those terms, uh, immigrant versus expat, as well as the way people grouped by them are viewed and sometimes treated. Mm. She said, anyway, keep up the good work. Um, I love to hear a show regard regarding your experiences of healthcare in China, especially in relation to your experiences with pregnancy and having a child here. I'm sure that's going to come soon. Soon. (laughs) I know you've talked a bit about it in regards to traditional Chinese medicine and some of the differences in the way Chinese people approach health and lifestyle. I'm also fascinated by the... um, Excuse my pronunciation of this... um, Yuezi period after Chinese women have their babies. I should have really checked that because I don't know the pronunciation, oh, yeah. and I didn't know that's what it was called. I um, guess so. Yuezi. Mm. I guess it's because I guess it means do uh, do a month. Yeah, the thirty right, days right, or forty right. days after you have a baby, they like quarant like they not quarantine you, but you can. You literally they have these hotels where you can go to where they have all these crazy rules like you can't wash your hair during that time, and they have all like it's run by these special nannies who know all about infant care. So it's like a it's a postpartum recovery. Yeah, it's ver- it's very interesting. I mean, I agree with her that it is fascinating. Mm-hmm. I don't. I I've heard about people who've been, and it does like it does sound just really interesting mm-hmm. um but she anyway she says she's gonna she's i'll work on leaving a voicemail question mark <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh she also a comment i didn't i didn't put this in but she's um she's from uh she works for a, the podcast company podbean so oh. she that's how she found us oh which cool. is kind of cool cool yeah thanks shannon mm, i know i liked it so uh some of you may remember that last week uh, I told you about a restaurant that I'd opened that was basically 
Um, the customers could pay whatever they wanted for oh. the food. <laughs> so along came another similar article, um, which was in sh- uh, in Shanghai, and this was uh, about sharing fridges. And so this uh, like kitchen had set up this these sharing kitchen uh, ki- kitchens <laughs> sharing <laughs> fridges. So basically, you, if you were needy, you could go and basically help yourself from the fridge. But of course, oh. who who decides who is needy or not? So, um, this is what the article says: um, a new the new community kitchen uh, is supposed to serve as a communal refrigerator for needy residents um, that is stocked full of charitable foodstuffs provided by properly vetted institutions. On its first day of operation, there was a long line of hungry locals waiting outside for the kitchen to open at 8am. However, it doesn't appear as though everyone waiting in line was exactly needy. Hmm. So basically, they opened the doors and just like anyone was just like grabbing what they could. Uh, some, hmm. some residents were spotted with multiple packages of food. Um, even reports that one retiree was stopped when he tried to take all the food in a big bag. Oh my gosh. Um, so basically they realized, okay, a free, the, we don't want a free-for-all. Um, so now it's guarded by volunteers who, if you want to get something, you have to fill out a form before taking food. Okay. Huh, it's very interesting. I mean, because I, I see that the society is not ready for this kind of stuff yet. It's still, there's still such fierce competition that yeah. they, they, it's just... These people that go, I don't know, there's so much that's happened in the last 50 years in this country Mm -hmm. that it's easy to see why people are behaving this way. And I'm I'm just surprised that people are even trying, like institutions are even trying to to start these things. I mean, it's kind of pleasantly surprising because it means some people do think that the society is ready for these kind of... I think they hope. Yeah. There's some, in some way, like, the owners of that restaurant that I mentioned last week, they, they had this idea that, you know, people would, were full of love and mm-hmm. that they would, you know, that it could work, but, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's, uh, let's hear our question. So, um, this comes from Anne, who's in Sydney. And uh, she she left her question on Facebook, and she says, Hi girls, thanks so much for answering my first question. I really appreciated it. I actually just came across some rather shocking information regarding China. It might be <laughs> it might be too inappropriate for your co- uh, your podcast, but <laughs> I will let you be the judge. My question is in regards to the Chinese view of nudity. I was shocked to learn that. <clears throat> seatless or open crotch pants are often worn by nearly all toddlers or young children in China so that they can go to the toilet as they please. I read a story that an American person saw a child wearing these pants in America, so they called the police because it is a form of indecency. Are the Chinese very liberated when it comes to nudity? Um, if it's just an innocent little child, or are they generally very liberal and wouldn't bat an eyelid if someone didn't close the toilet door in public and decided to go to the toilet in the street? <laughs> uh, I'm sure you can paraphrase my question to make it more appropriate, but I didn't want to because it's such a great question. <laughs> no need. Uh, I won't be offended if you change the wording so it's more G-rated. Well, 
I think it's great as it is. Yeah, because actually, awesome. you kind of the question, your the way she words it really prompts uh, prompted a lot of thoughts mm-hmm. for me, like stories that I've heard. And this is a really good question. This is a great question, <laughs> and it's got a lot of different angles yeah. to it. Yeah. So do you wanna you wanna start us off? Oh, okay. Where are your thoughts? Um. Well, okay. Let's go back to the crotchless pants thing. Right. So I think in general. Um, in China, it, they are more modest than in the West in terms of, okay, it's, <laughs> it's, it's hard to describe it because yes, they still have some kind of modesty. Like you don't see a lot of cleavage around. I want to make a comment, but it's going to sound rude, but there isn't some most Chinese ladies don't have a whole lot of cleavage going on. Sure, they, but they I, could still use like a push-up bra. Do they? And, like, I mean, can do... they get them though? Are they available, really? Mm, yeah, that's true. They don't really have that sexy uh, lingerie mm-hmm. here in China, but but I mean, I guess they could. Oh, you're right. Yeah, because you do see legs everywhere. And bums. Yeah, now this year... And those tiny, teeny shots. Yeah, this year the butt cleavage is all the rage. I've seen quite a few of the, like, so literally I, the butt cheeks. It's, like, a bit, it's a bit much for me. And I've recently noticed a lot of midriffs too. Mm. Small t-shirts. I mean, they're all so slim, so they can get away with it, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's just another... But I still think this is a relatively new thing in that they're in... As a whole, more conservative than we are in the West, I think. For the, I, I agree. Yeah, like, uh, and or maybe it's also just because in the West there's just more flesh to see. Like, women are curvier, so when they wear something that's really short or tight, it's more provocative. Where in China, because of their slim figures, that mm-hmm. kind of clothing doesn't look as alluring. Maybe. Yeah, I think that idea of sexy kind of hasn't is uh, hasn't kind of happened yet mm. for some women like if they're the kind of lady who might go to a bar cuz m- i don't think mo- most chinese g- women don't don't do that yeah it's a certain type of woman and i don't mean it like that by the way and they they might dress kind of you know sexy but the the other girls they're still cute they're yeah. still in the cute phase Yep, even adult women, yeah. they dress like Hello Kitty and this kind of stuff. So they, yeah, they, mm-hmm. it's not super sexual no. what they wear. It's true. Yeah, that's true. But um, going back to the crotchless pants. So when you say, I'm sorry to interrupt you because <laughs> I've been dying to say it. When when I read crotch crotch like open crotch pants, it does sound really awful. Well, it is. I mean, it's exactly what it. It's like basically yeah. you have a pair of pants, and then there's a big hole in the crotch, so you see the baby's everything, butt and frontal parts. <laughs> but generally, they don't. It seems to be more the males that they do this with. I see yes. way more of the males, and I think that that's because of just, like, infection. Like, if a girl has Mm -hmm. them and sits on a dirty surface, there's more chance that she would get some kind of infection, whereas a boy doesn't have to worry as much. But, yeah, those... So those are worn up until the age maybe three maximum, two... Yeah. Two or three. But they are... I mean, you can see them... being pushed in a stroller with their legs spread wide open. Because, okay, for one, it's hot and humid here, so it probably does help with diaper rash and mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. So I'm sure that there's a reason for it. 
but it's very blatant and I've even <laughs> I've even seen like a grandpa I was walking with my husband and we saw we saw a grandpa who was holding the baby with its legs a baby boy with its legs spread open wide and we were kind of giggling because we could like see just it. walking yeah walking like yeah. at our face level and he could see that we were kind of giggling about it and then he literally started playing with the baby's thing oh and was like hey hey, hey look at this and was like playing with it oh, in front no. of us i know it, like cringes makes me cringe to think about it but it's it's really open and like they don't really see that as Gosh. wrong at Hall. I mean, that's that's definitely out of the ordinary, but it, um, it's not. I'm sure it's not a once in a lifetime thing. No, probably not. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so for for little children, nudity is no problem. I've seen quite a few boys who were, I would say, too old to be doing this, drop their pants and pee and wherever the, the heck they please. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen. Didn't someone? I feel like we had a question recently that, and someone mentioned this. Like they they were at, they were out somewhere. Was it Alex? And he said because he no not Alex. There was someone someone who hasn't been here very long and they'd been somewhere, and they saw some kid like old too old to do, and he just he just was just peeing anywhere. I can't remember anyway. But that yeah, it's really common. I saw a kid do it the other day. Like he was in like school. He had his school uniform on. And it just, it wasn't, the one thing that gets me is like, you know, like you probably did long trips like in the car and when we, when we were little, like sometimes if there was no like, um, petrol station or anywhere you could pull in, sometimes if you were that desperate, we would just stop and, you know, like, of course, they were, you, mom, you know, your mom and dad would cover you. But here it's like just in the middle of the street, like often facing the road yeah, instead that's of the thing inside, that gets me like, is like <laughs> this boy, like, the last time I remember I was sitting at the coffee shop that we usually go to, mm-hmm. and he was, he, you know, he walked over to the side of the road so that he wasn't actually peeing in the road, but he was facing there. Like, if he had turned around and peed towards the wall, yeah. it would be way less obscene. But he was just, mm. didn't have a, and he looked about eight. Yeah. I've seen taxi drivers do it against the wheel oh, of their car. Yeah, like, taxi just drivers. Get out, like they're desperate. Like, I mean, it's bad enough. I've walked down the street and, um, in the like, it, say there's a wall and they're against the wall, but it's in the middle of the day. Yeah. Like there are public toilets here. They're pretty gross. I have to be honest. But come on. Like, yeah. Ugh, just it's. I don't. Know. It's pretty bad. Yeah, it is pretty bad. And, yeah, I've been, especially at night, too, because they get more relaxed at night. So you can just be, like, walking down a random sidewalk and mm-hmm. someone will just be taking a pee, yeah. like, just a few feet away from you. It's, yeah. it's, it's pretty gross. Yeah, especially, I know there are, there are lots of restaurants in the area where I live and quite a few of them don't have bathrooms. So, mm. I, especially, like, on an evening, if you go out, yeah, it's, it's mm. pretty rife around there. I mean, we've all done it to some degree, you know, like, especially if you've been out and about and you've had a lot to drink and yeah, you're sure. like, I don't care. But you usually duck behind yeah, something you and look to see if there's somebody else I'm coming. But here, I mean, okay, women aren't like that. I haven't seen, I've seen photos of women doing this in weird places in China, but <laughs> it's definitely not the norm. I think that's very extreme. Uh, Are you, you? Do you disagree? <laughs> no, I was thinking about the story I had 
about a Chinese lady in Hong Kong who, um, in the metro station, and she took out a newspaper, and in <gasps> the middle of the metro, she had a poop. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's not a common thing. That is not. But yeah. these stories are the ones that I look for. <laughs> but it does happen. It does happen. And it happens more so than you think. <laughs> oh, man. But I've never seen that. I haven't any, seen that any either. sort of strange. But I've yes. seen children, like parents. I mean, the other day we were at the coffee shop and the little girl was wearing those crotchless pants. And she just took a pee. Right on the chair oh, of the coffee yeah. shop, and it went. Was all, she wearing those? She was wearing those crotchless I, I pants, and they, it it went all over the chair <laughs> and the floor. It and was then, like a reservoir. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was really funny. She was literally at the table right next to us, and then the mom was like, just got up and left. I mean, she just took the, took her kid and left. She didn't even bother to clean mm. clean up the mess. Well, she had with the one piece of tissue she had. She saw of wiped off the the um seat but she didn't tell anyone she just upped and left yeah yeah so with respect to that nudity is very common but <laughs> i don't know if this is this is a different kind of nudity because like you wouldn't see a woman with her pants down in public or a man with her pants down in his pants down in public who wasn't relieving himself yeah um i think they're more, yeah, I think they're more conservative that way. Mm. Although between genders, so if it's the same gender, I've definitely seen, because um, in Sichuan, a lot of the bathrooms that I went to, they didn't have doors on the stalls. Mm. So you just go in and do your business. Yeah. And you'd see people, like, one is taking a poop, and the other one is standing there chatting. <sighs> <laughs> and these are squat toilets, mind you. So yeah. you see everything, yes. like, coming out. So it's, I mean, but you would never see this kind of thing between the sexes. Like, oh, no. Nudity between the se Like, sexual nudity. Maybe there's a difference between, like, sexual nudity and just, like, convenient nudity out of <laughs> convenience or something well did you hear about the t i'm sure you did this was quite a few years ago now the the tv show um the empress of china no so it was it was oh, quite popular oh, I think and I um basically i don't know if this was a um based on fashions of the time or whether they thought the only way men are going to be interested in this if we show a bit of boob mm. um, and basically the there was quite a bit of cleavage on the women like because of the dresses they were wearing they were like corseted and everything was you know sticking out and uh, basically the Chinese government said no can't show this so they had to crop all the <laughs> uh, all, all the footage the, all the footage so they would whenever there was a woman on the screen, it was like a close above a head, basically. Wow. Oh. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, definitely the government tries really strong. Because China's just as porn crazy as anywhere else in the world. Oh, yeah. And But the government does try its best to... That's part of the reason why they censor things, is they do believe in this kind of decency. So they they spend a lot of time removing porn from the internet definitely but um 
Although not very well on Baidu, I have to be honest with you. Just I have too found many some people. disturbing things on there. Yeah, I try to do an image search for something really simple and then get, yeah, very disturbing. It's <laughs> but I, I kind of, I like, I agree with you that the they definitely have this, like, modesty um, thing going on. But if you go into a mall, <clears throat> you often see big, like, images of say it's like for lingerie you'll see women you know like uh, obviously advert dressed in the lingerie advertising mm. so how do you, i mean what how is that okay but a bit of cleavage on tv is not like that's a, a good point because at, at home like who, who would batter an eyelid at a bit of cleavage but if it was like more than more than that it would be after the watershed which is nine o'clock mm-hmm. it doesn't i mean i don't know why they couldn't have just like put it later on TV or something like that instead of saying, no, this is not allowed. Anyway, I mean, I guess I don't have any say in that. <laughs> but I I wondered if the reason why like they could show these adverts is because most of the time they're Western women. Mm, maybe. And I wondered if that made any difference. That's a good point, too. Because they are usually the lingerie... Well, the <laughs> Chinese women yeah, don't that... tend to make good lingerie models just because their figures are different. Um... So that's probably part of it, but maybe yeah, maybe that does have something to do with it, or maybe because on TV, you know, because all all programming um, that's publicly available on TV is screened by the government, whereas they don't have like secret they private eyes wandering around every mall to like look to make sure that yeah. Calvin Klein doesn't have a too risque of a. <laughs> Of a po- like of a poster, mm. but yeah, that's a that's a really interesting point. So it's kind of mixed. It's like, on the one hand, they have adopted a lot of the Western views of sexuality, but they are still because traditionally, at least for the plebeians, because if we talk about the upper class. The upper class in China has always been raunchy, just like most of the upper class, like pretty much everywhere is the same thing. They had their orgies, they had (laughs) their, you know, homosexuality, they had all that stuff forever, but it was behind closed doors and it was for a privileged few, whereas the masses were all supposed to be decent, moral, Mm -hmm. law-abiding citizens. So there is that, there is that distinction. Um, so yeah, this whole idea that there's sexual freedom for the masses doesn't really exist here, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But when I was thinking, like, um, Anne also asks about, are the Chinese very liberated? Um, and it got me thinking about how sex is viewed in China as Mm. well. And I feel like if you were to talk to, like, uh, a young woman she would be probably quite, not embarrassed, but like this sort of nervousness, like, oh, you know, I don't want to talk about that. But they, they're, they've got to be more than aware of it because you can buy condoms in every single shop you go into. I've never seen them so much in my whole entire life. Yeah, it's street corners and it's stuff everywhere. too. Like, you know, it's, I, I think finding a lady of the night is not difficult here. Mm, definitely Um not. There are often news articles where... You know, that there are stories of men being caught, you know, in situations and it's it's there all the time. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, I find it this, like... 
But I think women are pressured to be chaste. Like, they, um, a lot of, Mm. I think Western men, when they come here, they literally think that every girl that they sleep with is a virgin because they all say, I'm a virgin because they don't want to admit their sexual history. But there's no way statistically this is possible. Right. So I think they are more, but I do think that they are more, I would say an average Chinese woman probably has less sexual partners over a lifetime than the average Western woman. Yeah. That's just my impression. But they also have that pressure to get married much younger than us as well and settle down. That's part of it. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, you're right about that sort of saying you you're a virgin and but they i mean they act like that don't they and mm-hmm. for such a long time i i was also under that impression that they were like like they're so um you know these they, they they don't have sex like it's it's impossible <laughs> like i just didn't i couldn't like get it into my head well the cult like the sexual difference between here and let's say a country in south america is so different like mm-hmm. You like women and men in South America. It's just sex is just so open and obvious. Whereas here, it does feel like they just aren't that sexual. Uh, and uh, yeah, I sometimes think that sex here is a bit is a bit more seedy. Like it's here, but and it but it's almost like it makes you feel a bit, hmm, like it's hidden i mean i don't know just just a feeling i get i suppose i can't maybe i can't really explain it it's just well definitely prostitution is more socially acceptable and having mistresses and that kind of thing is just like Mm -hmm. it's a very common thing here in the east in general not just in china i i don't know if i uh mentioned this in a previous podcast about a statistic i'd found about young adults like women in a university but i can't remember what percentage it was but it was extremely high uh percentage of girls who said they had been pregnant like during their time at college it was something like 80 percent of girls or something like that it was it was really super high i think that maybe is something to do with the education because i don't think that they do sexual education at school i don't i don't think so so. i think there's a lot of because there are a lot of especially in this part of China, there's tons of STDs. Like, you have to be really, really careful because they, they don't have a sexual education mm-hmm. available to them. Yeah. And they're, because it's it's more of a taboo than it is in the West, if they notice something weird, I don't know how long it would take them to actually get, medi- like, seek medical it. attention because then yeah. they have to admit. Because also it's like this Guanxi thing. Usually when you go to the hospital, it's a doctor who knows you, who knows your family. So it adds another layer of complication if you're trying to... And they don't really value privacy. There's no confidentiality at the hospitals at all. Mm-hmm. And so... It's a very you, complicated web. <laughs> yeah, so you would have to admit basically to everybody that you were sexually active and then you thought that you had gotten an std so i think a lot of people just kind of ignore it if the symptoms aren't that bad and then just they end up passing it and because they tell everybody that they're virgins they probably the men feel safer not to use a condom and you know it's just a vicious cycle so a lot of it is has to do with education i think yeah yeah Hmm. yeah was there another part of the question that we were missing? I feel like... Um, 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 mm, oh, the toilet door. Yeah, the toilet door thing. 
Yeah, I, I have seen this. It was very awkward for me, definitely, in when it's year that I came to China to use the toilet without a door on it, especially because <laughs> I was a teacher and I shared the bathroom with the students. So it was... Uh, oh, that's, that's so bad. Yeah. And you're a foreigner. It's like... It's, yeah, and they were curious. And, you know, like, I... Nobody, like, would stand there staring at me, but mm. they were curious, you know, like, they yeah. were curious, and it was just, it was just very awkward. I've been into quite a few bathrooms which don't have, um, doors in China. In Shenzhen, and I think in the tier one cities, that's not really, that's yeah. not the case. Mm -hmm. I think there's very, even in small restaurants and stuff, they all have doors. But in the second tier, third tier cities, it's it's very common yeah. to have this thing. Yeah. When I was in uh, Kaifeng, uh, we used a like a they have a, a huge barbecue area, like like a really really long street, and you have to use the public toilets. And there will and I've 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 used a similar toilet before. It's not even a toilet. It's like Is a, it just like a trough. It's a trough, and <laughs> and and they don't they just have half walls. Mm -hmm. There's no full wall. It's just a. A half wall, mm -hmm. half wall, so you can see everyone. I wonder if some <laughs> of that is to cut down on people using the stalls for like drugs or behavior. yeah, or sex. I don't know. Oh, they just couldn't be bothered to build the walls. Yeah, I mean it's definitely cheaper <laughs> using half the materials, right? Yeah, I'm not really sure about that either. And that's something I don't see anybody feeling here feeling shy about no. using those things. So on the one hand, they are very comfortable in their skin among the same gender and the same like if you go to a spa they have those women who give you like a skin oh, scrub yeah. or whatever so you strip down fully naked and they'll scrub you inside out <laughs> yes uh, you've done that right yeah 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 i had to get over my uncomfortable feelings very very quickly yeah yeah the the the, the lady who was doing the scrub was was nice so she 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 made me feel comfortable mm -hmm. but on out on the streets i feel like nudity is not other than these cases that we talked about with these children it's not uh definitely not a common occurrence sometimes i do marvel i just think about the population of this city so it's actually i'm not sure how many people live in new york city now but it rival. I mean, it's similar. <laughs> Let's oh, say. You think so? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I think so. Just on a larger, in a larger space. Yeah, I guess so. I'm just I thinking, like, idea. I would imagine that in New York City, you would encounter a lot more like sexual nudity than here, like bums who are you know mm -hmm. touching themselves inappropriately in public and stuff like that you don't see that here that i've i haven't ever seen those kind of like mm. s like sexually aggressive acts in public like that with nudity no i don't think i have although our friend uh mimi sent me a picture i don't know why i had to have to see the picture but there had been a, a guy with like a Mac, a flasher Mac on near the school. A flasher Mac? Yeah, we call we call them flasher Mac. So it's like a trench coat. Yeah, like a trench coat. But he was naked underneath it. Oh, and he was just walking and he was around like people, with the. Or? Well, he didn't he need to. Walking. It was open. He had oh. nothing on underneath, and oh, he was okay. just he just had that flasher Mac. Yeah, and I remember seeing the 
a story on the Shanghaiist about some guy who was wandering around a mall. Um, well, there's got to be one, you know, every now and again. Yeah, but it's it's considering the population, it's so few and far between. I mean, those people are hidden somewhere. Yeah, and when when you do see this, because Chinese people love their Weibo and WeChat and everything, it goes viral immediately. So you、mm. know. So if this was happening on a regular basis, you would see it on a regular basis. Like that、uh, video from what's that Japanese clothes brand? Oh, the Uniqlo. Oh、uh, yeah, that video. Where the two, yeah, two young lovers.、Mm. But there was lots of speculation that that had been a gimmick, like it had been a ploy from Uniqlo to get advertisement. I mean, it, it worked, but only for a short time. These things usually do. Well, I think they had to apologize profusely <laughs> to the Chinese <laughs> government. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's、yes, not good it's... for relations, is it? <laughs> no, no, it's、Oops. not. So yeah, it's a mixed bag. You can't say one way or I mean, on the one hand, it is because okay. Then you have the extreme in the U.S. where like she was saying that someone called the police because、yeah. of these pants.、Mm-hmm. Okay, that's like PC gone mental. Like in the U.S., there's too much of that. If you spank、yeah. your kid in certain states, they will arrest you.、Oh. Which I don't agree with this at all. Like I think the discipline. I mean, I don't believe in beating your kids to death, but、sure. some kids need to be spanked. <laughs> according、yeah. to me, I mean, like growing up with so many siblings, my parents were definitely not liberal with corporal punishment, but they did it when they needed to.、Yeah. And honestly, I don't think that there was. That's the best way to handle it sometimes when with small children.、Mm-hmm. And you just do them to teach them a lesson, and then afterwards you give them a bunch of hugs and snuggles and let them、yeah. know everything's okay and that they're safe and blah blah blah. So there's a right way to do it for sure, but I think this whole like, oh, this parent is allowing their kid to run around with their butt hanging out. I mean, come on, come on. Because in the U.S. too,、yeah. I don't. You know, when you go to the beach in Bulgaria, for example, where I go every year in August. All the kids, like most of the kids, the little girls are topless, like they just have a bo-、yeah. bottom, like f- small children, or and the babies and stuff, they're all just naked. Sure. To me, I don't really see anything wrong with that. If the parents think that's okay, I don't、yes, know. I don't have a personal problem with it. If you don't like it, just look away. But in the states, I feel like it's a bit more extreme in certain areas where it's more conservative, where they would. Put up a fuss、mm-hmm. for this kind of stuff. I mean, I, I'm, I assume they're they, they're worried because they think that there are going to be creeps like yeah checking out the kids and stuff. Yeah, fair enough. But、um, I mean, I, calling the police, I think, is sort of extreme. It's it's I don't know. Yeah, I think so too.、Mm. Indeed. Well, did you want to know how to say streaking in Chinese? <laughs> yeah, I totally do. <laughs> so、um, to say to streak is luoban. So luoban, luo is naked or nude, and ban is to like hurry along. Okay. So luoban.、Cool. So if you always wanted to say in Chinese, we're going streaking. Now you can say it. Woman chu luoban. Well, what can I say, really?、Uh, except that if you want to learn more about those characters, you can go to writtenchinese.com/episode seventy-five, and I'll put the links to our dictionary,、uh, as well as、um, 
links to anything else I've mentioned uh, in this podcast. Sweet. And the dictionary's new version is officially online, mm-hmm. which is amazing. The iOS and Android version um, allow you to set a study goal and push you to keep it. It's really cool. If you haven't tried it yet, check it out. It's free if you're learning Chinese. Um, just search for Written Chinese Dictionary in your app store, or you can go to writtenchinese.com and you'll see links for it everywhere. Everywhere on yes. our new snazzy site. That's right. Indeed. Have a good week, everybody. Bye. Bye.